Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. We have Amy Edwards joining us today. Amy is such a great human being. We met back in 2020 in Sedona, Arizona at the Fit for Service Summit. It was probably the most powerful week of my life. I had so much transformation go on in that week. That's where we met. We reconnected in Costa Rica and we've just been, you know, buddies ever since, kind of cheering each other on on social media. She had me on her show recently, which was a ton of fun. And today she's on our podcast. And I really was excited to talk to her because she's just a breath of fresh air, you know, and we dove into all things, personal development, things that are probably on all of your minds. So I would listen to this right to the end because we, we dive into a lot of different things. We, we talk about her story. She shares a lot with us. And what I really like about Amy is that she's experienced a lot of things, you know, like she, she was involved in the radio industry for many years. It's something that I was always very fascinated with, something that I always wanted to get into. And then here we are in podcasting, right? So she's got a lot of experience in that. She's got a lot of experience in the arts, you know, like she's a musician. She's written two books. And now, you know, she's in her early 50s and she's reinventing what it means to age. It doesn't mean decline. It means like reinventing yourself. And this conversation was really good. So if you're somebody that fears age, this one, this conversation will definitely help you change your perspective on that. And yeah, this, um, it's really important. You know, it's really important that we understand that as you get older, it doesn't mean that you have to, you have to, um, subscribe to this BS about, uh, once you hit this age, then it's kind of, you're on your way to die. And, you know, I'm just turning 40 in September. I'm 39. And to be honest with you, the more healing work that I do, the more I apply personal development in my life, the more I grow, the more excited I am about life. And that's the beauty. It's like, why not honor the age? Why not honor as we grow? You know, that feeling of like, of wisdom, it's, it's not a bad thing. And we don't honor the age process enough, you know? And I really think that if we really honor where we've come from and what is still possible from what we've learned, then we can still continue to create and create and create a massive impact in the world. So if you guys get value from this, share it with somebody that needs it. And of course, if you aren't subscribed to University of Adversity, make sure to do so wherever you listen to this and leave us a review if you feel called to do so. And of course, enjoy the episode, everybody. Amy Edwards coming right up after this message. This episode is brought to you by my brand new book, Mastering Adversity, Unlock the Warrior Within, and Turn Your Biggest Struggles into Your Greatest Gifts. If you guys want a book that represents this entire show over the last four years, everything I've gone through, everything I've learned, and into a tangible book that you can hold and read and actually get transformation, actually get a roadmap to overcome adversity, to change your perspective, grab this book because I literally laid it all out there. My entire story, I shared everything about my life. You know, I really left it all out there. 
And I also created a framework and a roadmap on what actually means when adversity hits, how to move through it, what, how to create more self-awareness and a lot of different tools and modalities that I've used and stories that I've used in my life that really have helped change the direction and my entire being as a human. And today's episode, you know, we're ta- I'm talking to Amy Edwards and we met in Sedona during this um, powerful week that during the Fit for Service Summit. And from that summit that I met Amy and many other people, that was where the most transformation came. And that was where the warrior concept came for the book. It all came from a breathwork session. So anybody that I met that week or any sort of anything I went through, it was just so powerful. That's why, you know, I wanted to plug in my book into this episode because not only am I in Sedona right now recording all of this, we recorded this episode with Amy, but the book was inspired from that. So if you want to grab a copy, if you haven't, if you haven't yet, make sure to do so. The link is below to Amazon. It's available on Barnes and Noble. I'm going to be doing the audio book soon. It's been something I've been pushing off. I will get it done soon, but the book is ready and available. Click the link below. Take it to Amazon. It's also available at Barnes and Noble. Much love. Enjoy this episode with Amy Edwards. Amy, welcome to University of Adversity. So good to see you again. Lance, it's so good to see you too. <laughs> and you are coming at me from the vortex of Sedona. I'm so jealous because that's where we met. That was my first time in Sedona. And oh, it's so magical. That's right. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sedona is powerful. And that's it. That's right. Where we met. I think that, so that would have been in 2020. That's right. And Fit for Services mastermind group. And we had a meetup during the pandemic and it was such a a powerful time just because we were all starving for human connection in that way. So it was really extra magical, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy time. I wasn't even supposed to be traveling at that time. So it's even funnier because we were, it was only essential travel, but I remember talking to the talking to the border people and i was like look i'm going to uh, a program to, about ment- mental health and you know personal development and i just kind of gave them that spiel and they're like awesome go go ahead i was like this they're is like essential. that is essential right they're now like, i mean it really was yeah it really yeah. was you know what mental health was essential in 2020 and we deemed a lot of people that were working and paying that price you know as essential and you know, now we're all in this mental health conversation, I think, as a direct result of that. So it really was. How has it been for you? Like, how has that been for you and your mental health the last few years? Like, before we get into kind of your background, like, how has the last few years been for you? Has it been um, a big adjustment or, you know, like, what, what did, what, what came in for you the last few years that stands out? I finally got to a place where I recognized that I love myself and Mm. did the work around that. And that is a process of the last five years of which the pandemic hit smack in the middle. In 2018, I left my second marriage and that was very hard for me. Just personally, it was contentious and it was difficult. And I did things that I'm not proud of. I had an affair. I, you know, I did these things that I didn't understand until hindsight. And I have, in that marriage, I had an eight-year-old daughter. I had an older daughter at the time too from my previous, from my first marriage. 
And so it was a lot 2018. And I knew that I needed so much healing. And so I just started, I dove in saying yes to all sorts of things that were going to help me because I wasn't feeling that great. And so 2019, I started plant medicines. And 2020, I recognized that I was doing all this healing work. And when the pandemic came along, it gave personally, I mean, it gave me a wonderful opportunity to settle into what if I only have myself. And so I just worked really hard on loving myself and building routines that served me and building those into habits. And talk about things that help you overcome adversity. Like those really, truly do. You know, those those things that you just steadily build. Because a lot of people drank during the pandemic. I didn't. I had already done a lot of plant medicines and my daughter was at a really impressionable age. My older one was like 14, I guess, or 15. And so if I had a drink in the evening, she, her dad wouldn't take her during that. So she was just with me. And she, if she saw me drink, she'd go, oh, I see you have to have a drink. You know, and I mm. thought, no, I don't want to have to have a drink. And so I cut that out and just became a really healthy version of myself, which surprised me a little. Mm. And as that's progressed, you know, we met up in Sedona for that mastermind. And that pushed me even further. That was such an epic weekend, five days. And so the work we did with Christine Hassler and, and Stefanos Sifandos, shout out to them and all the other coaches that were there. And so I just kept on this journey of self-love and worthiness. And I had never really done that. I had ruminations that I needed to break, neural pathways that were just so embedded because I just turned 50. They were just, it was just 48 years of bullshit in my head. And, you know, you talk about on this show how our minds are the things that we have to overcome so much in order to overcome adversity. And that was what was holding me back from feeling my best and accepting who I am. So that's been my last five years, you know, now I can handle adversity so much better simply because I've built these habits and these structures and this foundation. And I meditate every day and I just know that I can return to those. And so that's the things I talk about on my podcast too. It's, it's all inside us. You know, all these things are already inside us. We just have to find them and, you know, work on him and get him out. At yeah. least for me, that's been the process. Yeah, so true. You know, mm -hmm. what I love about meeting somebody like yourself at one period of time, it's like you only get that perspective of them, right? And then, you know, from then on, you see each other, you talk, and then you kind of watch their growth. You see how they, how they move along. But I love to kind of go back and sort of like figure out the human before and how it all started because it's just so interesting when we really go back to the to our early days and how these different patterns formed and these coping mechanisms and these addictions and all of that and it's always interesting for me to learn about people's stories that way so i would kind of love to just kind of break it down and maybe walk us through what it was like for young amy growing up you know, give us a little bit of a background of what your childhood was like. And if you can walk us through that journey a little bit. Okay, sure. Well, thank you so much. And thanks again for having me. Um, so I grew up in Colleen, Texas. I'm a Central Texas girl. And uh, Colleen is a military town. 
So my family was not military. My dad was in the nursing home business and owned them and leased them to companies that ran them. And I had parents that were older, which was unusual for the time. My parents were born in 1936. They're both deceased now. And so I'm, they were products of the 50s. And so they had a very traditional way of raising a family. And I have an older sister and I had a really normal upbringing. Colleen was a very interesting place to grow up because it's a military town, as I said, and it's a total melting pot of people. Mm. And so there weren't really cliques. There weren't really people that you, there were people you knew all through school, but it wasn't like there was a, a group that you stayed with all through school. People were moving in and out. You always could make new friends. And I think it honed me into someone who can fit in in just about any situation. There were all types of people in Colleen. There were, I mean, Colleen gets a bad rap because it's become a pretty dangerous city now, but I really liked living there. That's partly why I don't have a thick Texas accent mm. because my friends were always like moving from Germany or Korea or, you know, there were just, there was just all sorts of things going on there. So, um, so that shaped a lot of who I was. And then I, I think that looking back, I've noticed that I have a pretty strong thread of wanting to be heard. And when I look back and reflect on when I was young, I was always drawn to radio, which I'm a 30-year radio veteran. I was always drawn to things like that. And in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I didn't feel heard. I was the youngest. I was cute. I had curly hair. People were always like, oh, she's cute, you know, and, and I was. I, was cute. I had big cheeks. And I think that sometimes people just sort of set a little girl like that kind of aside, like she's just cute, you know, and I didn't ever feel like my voice was heard. And now <laughs> that I, everything I do, when I look back now, everything I've done is centered around my voice. And I'm like, oh, I see that little girl didn't feel heard. I mean, I was kind of obsessed with listening to the radio. And I, that was immediately what I did when I got into college. I, I didn't study that. I should have probably, but I studied philosophy and religion. And that's what, that was what I majored in. So I'm basically tailor-made for podcasting. <laughs> I was ahead of my time, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so I studied philosophy and religion and I had a more, I had more of an interest in a broader scope of religion. I went to SMU in Dallas and left there about my junior year and finished it at Incarnate Word in San Antonio. And then came, got my degree in philosophy. I had a minor in religion at that point because it was very Catholic based at mm. Incarnate Word where I transferred to. So I moved to Austin right after that in 1994 and my parents were living here at the time. So I just moved in with them and I got a job in radio and started trying to be heard. And that has been a theme throughout my life when I look back, which it didn't seem that way at the time because I took pauses during radio to do other things. At one point, I became an independent rock and roll musician. I joined a band that some friends had kind of started and we just learned instruments. I was 38 and started playing guitar and electric guitar and singing. And when that fell apart after three years, I was like, well, I've been doing this. So I started writing albums and got up and performed here in Austin. And used my voice in a totally different way that scared the shit out of me mm. and 
it was, uh, it, it is a tough grind becoming a musician, especially when you're like 40 with two kids, right? It's, it's, it's an adverse situation that you've created for yourself. But it really pushed me in a way that I recognized was giving me growth. And those are the magical moments, right? They're tough when you're in them, but you know that they're honing you, forging your steel into something stronger mm. and something that's going to serve you down the road, right? So do you have any questions? Anything yeah. come up? Yeah, there's that? lots. Um, okay. <laughs> first of all, I think it's so great that you, even if it was that 38, like it still takes a lot of courage to do that. Even if it didn't work out, like that's such a great lesson for people to just go after what you want to do, right? And so yeah. many people just get in the way, their stories get in the way. And I guess my question for you is like, how did you, what did you do to create that confidence in yourself? Because you probably had people saying, oh, what are you doing? Come on. Like all the stories, right? But what, what mm -hmm. allowed you to, what allowed you to keep going? Like what allowed you to, like, what are some of the things that you did and that you probably still do because there's, you're mm -hmm. always, you're going to deal with people's bullshit, people's their their insecurities of why they're not doing things in life to try and you know project them onto you so i was curious on like yeah. what that process looks like for you i had a lot of nervous breakdowns lance i'm not gonna lie <laughs> it was very difficult and you know you said it didn't it, if it hadn't worked out or something like that and I mean, you could look at it and say it didn't work out my music career it's all in how you define your success totally and I had put a lot of that definition outside myself. Mm. And after I put out my first EP, I realized that that was going to make me miserable. And I had to redefine success for myself and say, okay, success is using my voice and creating something that I'm proud of and then letting it go rather than these mm. expectations of results and like, is this song going to be a hit? Is it going to be played on the radio? Which it wasn't. And, you know, that's okay. I had to I had to really redefine success for myself. So you know, there's two ways to look at that. Did it work out? Yes and no, right? But to totally. me, it did. Once I redefined success for myself with my second album, and then by the time I released my um, last album that I released, which was in 2018, my Magic Double album, I created something that I was so fucking proud of mm. that was, it's an art piece about transformation, essentially. And I couldn't not do it. I knew how hard it was going to be. It took me a year and a half to create it. But I was like, I don't care. Like, I have to do this and I have to put this out. You become more tuned in with what you really want when you redefine success so it doesn't lie outside yourself. So that just shifts how failures look because then you fail, but you go, well, that's maybe an external definition of failure. But really, my success is in the fact that I learned something. My success is in the fact that I helped someone, that I grew you know how are you defining that success so i think that's one thing that i kept returning back to because at that time i didn't it was 2012 or whatever i didn't have you know all these practices that i do now meditation and things like that and like i said my kids were young so i was probably sleep deprived in the process and so anyway i i think that that's one of them but i did have people say to me like i remember one friend in particular and she looked at me she was like you're really doing this huh I mean, she'd known me for years since I had a clothing store years before. And 
I was like, yeah, I guess I am. You know, I, I think that there's a part of me that's always really loved that reinvention mm. and that, that excitement of changing and, and growth. And I just changed my Instagram bio the other day. If anybody wants to follow me, it's real Amy Edwards. And I just changed it the other day and it says, Amy is the Madonna of all my friends. I'm looking like, at her right one now. One of my friends, <laughs> one of my friends said that to me late last year and she was like, you are the Madonna of all my friends. And I was like, what a compliment. Like that's, I want to be somebody who reinvents. And I want to be somebody who shows people what's possible. Mm. And I think that was another driving factor during that time and now is that I have two daughters and I have to show them what's possible. Like I consider it my responsibility to show the world, yeah, but to show my daughters that, hey, you know what? Any age, you can keep thriving. You can keep growing. You cannot accept mediocrity mm. you can reject that and you can go for it in life and you can still be happy and so and you can have these practices that serve you like i'm almost a year sober from anything right now which has been really hard but it's cool because i'm like okay what are my daughters seeing they're seeing someone who can enjoy life just as me and and you know what it's getting through it's shocked me my oldest daughter is a about to be 18 and graduate from high school. And every now and then she'll say something really kind to me. They both spoke at my 50th birthday. Everybody had a chance to talk. I had a, like, can't a believe dinner. you're 50. Thank you. That's the, that's the right response, Lance. <laughs> and, um, and they both just, it, it has impacted them. So, you know, what are you showing the world? And Sometimes having kids is just a driving force of what am I showing them that is possible. And I mean, it goes for, you know, any parent I think can probably relate to that. Like it's, it's a really interesting thing to come back to. So I didn't even realize those were really the driving factors until you asked me that question, but they, they really were. You brought up such a good point about success and your definition of that. because. I think that's what stops a lot of people, especially when you're a creator. You look oh my God, at yes. other people and you look at what's being done around you. And if your expectations don't line up with what you think somebody else is doing, then it feels like it's not successful. But it's one of these things where if you create something that you love and you're proud of, that's success. And even if you don't get, you know, the outcome right away, you're still building momentum to something else. Like there's still so many things. And I talk about this with my own, you know, my own journey playing sports. You don't realize all the stuff that you're creating along that momentum, the people you're meeting, uh, the, the lessons you're learning, all of this stuff is like paving the way for other things. Even if the outcome doesn't always come out what you expect. There's so many positive things around the creation of things. And I'm glad you brought that up because it really comes down to like what your definition is of success, you know? And it's hard because there's a lot of trickery out there online, making people look more successful than they are and then the people that are really doing something from the heart that are doing really good doubt themselves because they, they see or they're not getting the metrics or the numbers that they think they should. So they think they're not 
worthy or whatever. I know I've gone through yeah. that. And it's just so important, such a powerful, it's such a powerful lesson to redefine what that means to you, right? And when you're creating something, if it really matters to you and it really lights you up, that's success. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that, that's it. Like, how do you feel about it, right? Like, how do you look at it? And, and yeah. the people that you care about in your life, or is it impacting them? Like, that's success, right? Absolutely. It absolutely is. There's so much packed in what you just said. And, and I still struggle with that, too. You know, you see people that are talking about the fact that they're, you know, 30 and what have they done or whatever. And, or they're like kicking ass and they're 30, you know, and I'm like, eh, what have I been doing? Uh, you know, and I can, I can feel like I've failed in some ways and I just have to come back to that. There's this trust in there that you are on your own path, that everything's okay, that you can create and define your own success. And it's a practice just mm-hmm. like everything else, you know. For me, it's just a practice that I have to keep coming back to. And I forget, and then I remember, and I forget, and I remember, and that's okay. And as someone 50, if anybody younger is listening, I just want to say, you know, look back at yourself 10 years ago and think about how you would say you have so much time, you have so much, and then imagine yourself 10 years from now. And look back at yourself now and just know that you're okay. You're doing great. You're kicking ass. You're hot as shit. Like you're growing and all these good things. So I try to keep some perspective when I feel like, oh my God, have I, have I, am I starting too late? Cause I mean, obviously I've done a lot of things really late. And I try to just keep that perspective. Like, no, you know what? 10 years from now, I'm going to go look at you then. Wow. Good job. You know? So, Mm. It's, it's good to just play with your time perspective just a little bit. And you have so much time. You really do. Everybody, you've got so much time. I mean, those people that you see taking up something new, like when they're 70, you're like, yes, you know, oh. how much do we cheer those people on? Like, it's okay to be that person. It's okay to be a beginner because we can lose that beginner attitude. And, you know, you look at children do it and they'll start something and they're so proud of it. And it, you know, may suck. but it's awesome because they're trying and they're doing it. And as we get older, we can let fear get in the way uh, of it being successful, it being a failure, you know, it being whatever it is. Yeah. And if you can just adopt that beginner mindset, that beginner anything, like if you're thinking about starting a TikTok, but you're like, well, I'm already way, way behind. Well, what if somebody was 15 and starting one? So yeah. what, you know? Like adopt that beginner mentality and give yourself some perspective around it. And and I love that beginner mentality. I think that it really, I'm sorry, my dog is barking. Oh, in the that's background. all right. If you can hear that, I life, life happens. Uh, life. <laughs> um, yeah. It, like <laughs> I was saying something about a beginner mentality. I'm sorry I got distracted. Okay. But anyway, I think it's just uh, such a beautiful thing to retain a youthful quality when you can just let go of these expectations, let go of this external definition of success. And you can say, I'm just going to jump in and feel it and feel good about it and love it and say yes to life. And then, you know, that inside you shines out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big key to youthfulness and radiance and all these things that we want so bad and look for 
externally so many times, just like looking for the answer to adversity. We look outside ourselves. It's, it's all in here. So it's, again, just, <laughs> I think it's just living in the moment, right? Totally. Like, <laughs> Totally. I, you know, you brought up something about starting late, but if you look at what you've done in your life, like you've done a lot more than most, which is pretty cool. Like you've been in radio for years. Like that is something that most people haven't been able to do. And they like, I remember when I learned about your story, I was like, fuck, that's cool. Like you've been Thank able you. to be in the radio. That's, that's a huge deal. Like, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't think about our stories like as credible as what we think. I know like so many people I talk to, they tell me what they've done or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, well, I didn't do this. I'm like, yeah, but look what you have done. It's more than most people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like what yeah. you have done is like, I wouldn't say you're starting later. You're just evolving into different things. <laughs> but you have like all this radio background, which is like super cool, right? Thanks. Like what a world that must have been. Talk is speak to us about that, especially being in Austin, where you've seen this like you got to Austin what in ninety four, and then you got into radio and all this. Like, tell us a little bit about that because Austin is like blown up in the last what ten years, and yeah. like just being into in that scene of being a radio host and whatever else you did, like that was something that I always wanted to do. After hockey finished, I was like, man, that would be cool to get in radio and broadcasting. And, you know, like, yeah, tell talk us about that a little bit. I'd love to know more about that. That, that doesn't surprise me at all that you, that you felt a call to that. I mean, like, look what you're doing. Well, right? exactly. That's so. the funny thing, right? It's like the next yeah. level of evolution. But like that itself, mm -hmm. radio is something that I was always like, yeah, this is so cool. Like, I would have loved to have gotten into that. I, I did. I uh, got into it at the college radio station at SMU. And then summers, I started working for a country station when I would come home to Colleen and Coppers Cove, which was like between here and Colleen. And then as soon as I moved to Austin, I found a job at a country station here. And it, I, I, I was not good at first, Lance, but, you know, it's that again, that just jumping in and like being like, OK, I'll figure it out. And I've made numerous mistakes because back then it was live. Nowadays, it's all pre-recorded. And back then, yeah, it was live. And, you know, if you forget to pot up your mic or do something stupid, which I did every, everything, everything possible stupid. And um, you know what? Then you just learn. I think it really helped me take life a little bit less seriously mm -hmm. because it's like, well, you know, it's live. Okay, I screwed up and now we just roll on. And not only that, it did a lot for me as far as rolling with things like I am able I think it fed my focus and it fed my ability to jump in like I can do something pretty quickly without a lot of preparation it made me a better interviewer it made me a better talker I won't say speaker just talker conversationalist and a better listener overall which mm. you've got to listen you've got to stay tuned in so those are some really good lessons from radio. So yeah, so I worked in country music and then I thought, I don't know if I want to continue doing this. So I stopped for a while. I opened a clothing store for five years and had a baby. <laughs> and then I started again and worked at a station here in Austin that was called The Fringe. And it was really, um, it was a lot of fun. It was an interesting station that was playing a lot of independent music. And before like Spotify blew up and all that. And so I did that for years and then that folded. 
And then I started podcasting and uh, I was probably a medium early adapter. I've had three podcasts. This one, the Amy Edwards show now is my third iteration. And I jumped in without really knowing what I was doing at first and just learning as I go, as I do. And that was really interesting too. And then I started working for another station here that was a streaming station for the Austin American Statesman, our newspaper for the arts and culture department. So we had music and uh, we would feature a lot of the writers from the Statesman and have audio to go with their news stories that they could embed. But the Statesman and Gannett shut down their audio department, unfortunately, last August. So I was like, mm. okay, no more radio. And that's, I, I still would like it, but even pre-recorded, it was pretty demanding at that time because mm. radio doesn't take any breaks. So I am not closed off to that. I would love to have a show on, on XM or something like that. That's always been a dream of mine. And I think that would be a good fit. So who knows? I'm a huge Howard Stern fan from way, way, way back. So, you know, I, I just, I love that format and what it brings to the world and talking in front of a mic. And I think that I was fulfilling that in some way when I became a musician and didn't realize it. So this is where I'm the most comfortable. Singing on stage, not, not at all. That's, that's really a push for me. But it, it was a good exercise for me in using my voice and using it in different ways. And so anyway, that's, that's such a natural flow for me. And I'm so happy sitting here in front of a mic and getting to share. And I mean, obviously I was studying philosophy and religion and spirituality early on. I mean, growing up, my mother was always reading this. She would, I grew up and she was reading Kant, you know, and like <laughs> things like that. And it was I thought it was normal, but um, again, you know, what do we see from our parents? And, and so it's just, it's been a really fun progression for me to just get more honest in my life and be able to share it all and hopefully touch some lives so we can all just keep making this world a better place. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Thanks. The, the, the podcast world is so interesting. You know, I remember starting to listen to Joe Rogan back in like, Back in the day when it was like such low quality, but I, you know, like 2011, I think I started 2012 and just like the idea of hearing two people talk about something where it's, there's no agenda and you're like, oh shit, I get to listen to this. It was like this, <laughs> like, it was this, it was this different, this shift of like hearing conversations about things that were kind of off the cuff. Something about that was like really interesting for me. You know, and, mm -hmm. and it's like, and you know, yeah, Howard Stern too, like back in the day, like, I, I mean, Howard is the OG, I think, totally. you know, like, yeah, well, there's probably somebody older than him, but, um, but yeah, yeah like as far as those uncensored, unfiltered yeah. conversations and just anything goes like that, that's, he's the godfather of that, I think. Yeah. And you know what? I was just watching a clip of his today that popped up on my Instagram. It was like him and Pamela Anderson. And I was like, damn, those two, he's been getting information out of her for years. And they were still like there having a really in-depth, interesting conversation. And I was like, there's Howard, you know, yeah. I'm still a fan. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been so interesting just watching the evolution of that. And I think people crave that too. Like, I think people enjoy. They must. I know. Look at the success of it. They well, modest, I, right? And even now, though, like now with it being confusing on 
like who's telling the truth and who's full of shit and this kind of thing. <laughs> like it's it's nice to to listen to people talk and just kind of just hear different opinions, right? And and from like a non-scripted place. You know, you watch those talk shows and over the years and it's kind of like it's 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 it doesn't feel heartfelt. It doesn't feel, you know, there's always like kind of like an agenda and it's so fast. I love like being able to just sit down and hear somebody talk about something. And, you know, I think people really resonate with that because it's like that connection to being human. You know, people can resonate with it. And I feel like that's the thing that's been so beautiful about podcasting is it's allowed people to, you know, just have those real conversations. And, you know, the, you probably get it too, where people just reach out and they're like, oh, thank you so much for, for that episode. I blah, blah, blah. I took it and it impacted me this way. And it's just like, when I get that message, it's like one of the best feelings in the world. Cause you're like, wow, you know? And sometimes it's yeah. like the ones you don't expect too, right? You're like, holy, like, I didn't think that was going <laughs> to have that kind of impact. And it does. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's such a beautiful thing because you don't even know that some of them are listening. Right? Yeah. And not only that, it's proof that like the, the way podcasts are just taking off and like they're projecting just, you know, massive growth over the years to come. And there's room for everyone, right? Anybody can do it very easily. And it's proof that this whole bullshit about, oh, no one has an attention span. Everything's TikTokified, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's not true. Totally. It's not true at all. Here, totally. Like, how can you even say that when people are devouring three-hour Joe Rogan episodes? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. So people are craving that connection and do want to go deeper and do want to find truth or at least what resonates with them at the very minimum, right? Yeah. So I, I love that about it. And it's not going anywhere. And I think that there is room for everyone. If anybody's listening to this and thinking, I want to start a podcast, then start one. Totally. It's not that hard. Let the quality be shitty because everybody's pretty forgiving these days after the pandemic. Like, just start. Just go for it. Just like we were talking about, put those expectations aside. Don't define your success. Just put your voice out there because everybody's unique voice really matters. And there's room for everyone. And you know, can you be consistent with it is the, the bigger question, right? Totally. That's, that's the thing about doing this is consistency. And it's tough. A week goes by pretty quickly. And so anyway, I, I digress a little bit, but I just want like people to know, like if totally. they're, if they're dying to do it, go do it. It's cool. There's yeah, it's, room. A, it's a great <laughs> message because to empower people to want to do these things that they want to do, that's the problem is like, that's, you know, that intuition, that pulse, that like inspired feeling you get about doing something and doing it before you let yourself talk yourself out of it. Because no matter <laughs> yeah. what happens, no matter what there is in life, I swear every single thing I've done, if it's anything that's different than like the normal, there's always somebody that says there's too many of that. It's saturated. Mm -hmm. There's too many of you know, if you want to be a lawyer, there's too many lawyers, too many doctors, too many this, too many that. There's too many podcasts. In 2019, people are like, oh, there's too many of those things. Like, and and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And this is such an important message for all of you listening. It's like, there's only one you. There's only one you. And there's people that need exactly the way you say it 
exactly the way you do it at the right time. That's what they need. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter about all these other things because those people aren't you. And I used to get into this headspace of like comparing myself to people like Lewis Howes or Aubrey Marcus or, and I'm like, you know what? It does mean no good at all because they're a totally different human with a totally different story. And it has, it's actually none of my business what they're doing. It's like, why not put that energy into ourselves and say, you know what? I'm just going to take one step, do the thing and just keep going. It's, it's like, it doesn't matter. And that's the problem. I think it's like too many people get in their head and they don't want to do the thing for those reasons. And I just think it's I, such I, a I, I do it too. I do I think it we too. We all do like, it, right? Yeah, we all do it. Like I've been working on building up my YouTube, right? And so I, I, I'm like, a part of me is like, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? You know, but I didn't know all the things I know now. Okay. Totally. And so, and then a part of me is like, I mean, like, I'm so late in the game. There's so many YouTubes, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I can talk myself out of it I and I can hold thing. myself back. Yeah. And I'm like, just do it. Just shut up and do it. And, I do that just when I go to work out in the morning. I'm like, stop thinking. I just tell myself that. I'm like, stop thinking. Just quit it. Because I will talk myself out of all sorts of things and think of a million reasons. I'm a big fan of Stephen Pressfield, and he calls it resistance in his book, The War of Art, one of my favorites. And he's just like, yeah, you'll have this resistance just yammering at you. And I just have to tell it to shut up. Stop talking. And, and, and like, just then you just start going through the motions and doing what you need to do and put one foot in front of the other. It's like, okay, like just upload, just quit questioning, just do the best you can, let it go, let your expectations go, redefine success that you did something, you created something and then on to the next because your beginner effort, whatever you're doing at first is never going to be your best effort. I mean, let's face facts. It's going to, probably be shitty a year from now you're gonna look back and be embarrassed in some way but who cares uh, so what you had to do that first you had to do it you had you have to do the first one otherwise you're caught up in perfectionist tendencies and you know what even if you're caught up in perfectionist tendencies and you're trying to put something out it's still gonna suck in a year when you're better at it <laughs> i mean so just face the so facts true. and go ahead and put it out sorry i just went on a rant but so good <laughs> Oh, it's one of the it's one of the true tests when you look back at your old work and just be like, oh, how can you like I well, I look at some of my early episodes and I'm like, oh, man, that's so bad. But you're right. It's such an important message because you have to be OK to suck. It's like a rite of passage to getting good. You have to suck. It yes. goes to suck, right? Like Embrace you have to no matter what you do, you're going to mm -hmm. suck at first. Yep. Especially if you're comparing yourself to somebody else that's been doing it for a long time, right? Or whatever. I know. It's, it's, I, it's one of these I res things. I resonate with that. When we met in Sedona, I mean, I had a big breakdown because I was starting this podcast, The Amy Edwards Show, and which everyone should listen to your episode on there. It's excellent. And um, just quick plug for that. And I really, I had done two podcasts before, but I was like, man, I need to figure out the way. I need to go listen to all these other podcasts and be like, okay, they're doing it this way and they're doing it this way and they're doing it this way and figure that out. And I had a nervous breakdown in Sedona. We did a breathwork ceremony with Anahata and oh. I basically came apart because I didn't, I didn't feel like I was doing it right. And I was like, well, that fucking figures. I can't even do the breathwork, right? Because everybody's in here having this massive experience and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not screaming and wailing and having visions. And I was like, 
I, I started crying and I was like, I'm clearly doing it wrong, just like everything else. <laughs> like, I don't know the way. Somebody give me a map. And then the next day we have this soul wander for five hours where you just wander around in the wilderness and with no map, no nothing. And I was like, great, great. Now I have to go do that. But you know what? It taught me that I'm going to find my own way. And I, I came out of that and I was like, oh, yeah, OK. I don't have to go figure out Joe Rogan's whole procedure or whatever the fuck. I have to find my own way, my own voice, my own unique everything. Because like you were saying, there's only one you. And so that is what I did. And so I've allowed it to develop organically into my own thing because mm. my background's different than everybody else's, because my voice is different than everybody else's, because my everything I've got to say, you know? And that has been so interesting, just letting go of the figuring it out the right way. I'm total Virgo. I'm like this. Yeah. It's like, I, I love a list and a map. And, and, you know, so I like to just be told the way. And so... I've just had to let that go and go, no, I'm going to figure it out and it's going to be all right. And it's going to organically develop, which everything does just like our, you know, style of doing anything, our style of waking up, our style yeah. of going to bed, our style of just the most basic fundamental things. We figure it out. Yeah. You know, and the, the reality of it is so many people quit things. Like it's unbelievable how many people start and stop and then wonder why they didn't get results or whatever. Like it's, it's crazy to me. You know, even when I started podcasting, there were so many people that were doing it that were like purely ahead of I was, I was, and you probably noticed it too. And then they drop off and they quit. And it's like, why did you quit? Like, what is the reason? Right. And I think it's just just continuing to go and not allowing those voices to say that you're what you're doing isn't worthy. Like, what do you think the reason is people quit? Like, what is that? You know, why, why know. do some people just keep going? And yeah. why do some people say, you know what? I'm going to stop. Like, what is it? What are your thoughts? I think on that? I was just discussing this with someone the other day. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what you think too. I think that there's this weird line that you don't understand or can't quite get a grasp on. That's like, am I, am I meeting resistance? Is this hard for me because I'm not supposed to be doing it? Or is this just part of it and you just keep going and I'm truly called to do this, you know? And like, you can get really confused. Like, this is hard. Okay, this is clearly not my path. Or... Do you just keep at it? And like, I, I wondered that many times, <laughs> you know, in my life. And I'm like, is, am I supposed to keep doing this? Or is, is it supposed to be this hard? You know, like any business venture you're starting, uh, any creative endeavor. I, I remember reading The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And didn't you say you were reading that? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I read yeah. it. Yeah. And, and you know that part where he, goes to like 10 or 11 banks to get a loan and he can't get a loan. And finally he's like, all right, clearly I'm not supposed to be getting a loan. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'll go to one more bank. And of course that's the one where he gets the loan. And so, you know, I don't know. I guess we just, you just surrender and you ask for signs, you know, like for me, that's it. And I, I, you know, you just go, am I on the right path? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's just this, like tough line. But I think that's where a lot of people quit. And they're like, no, 
this clearly isn't supposed to happen, so I'll go this other direction. So I don't know if we create our own magic when we keep going. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Because there are people that keep going and never meet this definition of success that's the world's definition of success. So I don't have the exact answer of why people do. That's such a good point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just... I the the more soul searching I do, the more I believe that I I th- that I love podcasting. I just love it. It's like the actor that just keeps going, and they may not book the roles, but they just keep going to auditions and keep going. And then they, you know, Brian Cranston, then they book that one thing, and 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 he's a good example of that because he was like, I always just tried to do the best job because I loved it. And so you really have to tap into that. Like, do I love it? Do you love it? Do you love it? Do you love the art form? Do you love the the message that you're putting out in the world? Do you love the business that you're starting? And if you love it, and you're like, yeah, I really love it. I'm like, I really love podcasting. Like, I really love it. Damn. And so I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'll keep going. Yeah. And, you know, my goal is to be the level of Joe Rogan. I don't, there's not really a female that's like that. And that's what, that's my goal. And I'm like, all right, I'll just keep, I'm just going to, you know, die trying, I guess. You should. <laughs> you're, you're Austin. You, t- you take over Austin. You go, you're Man. doing it. You're doing it now. I mean, my God. I mean, I've been here for 30 years. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> you, there, <laughs> there's something there that I would love to kind of um, dive deeper. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think this is probably one of the most important things that we could talk about. And it's the, especially we get in the spiritual community. Like I'm all about spirituality. I talk about it all the time, right? But I think sometimes there's this, this like, everything's got to be easy and flowy and all of this. And you can get lost in the, okay, is this meant for me? Is it supposed to be hard? Like everything is easy and everything's falling? Or is life a little bit, you, you, like you're kind of combining that with like the Stephen Pressfield, like knowing that the res- the resistance is coming, and it's like yeah. sometimes shit that has meaning and is going to impact. It's going to take a little bit of work, and whatever you define the definition of work is, is the way you look at it, your perspective. Like you don't have to use the terms grinding and like. You know, you know, I love David Goggins, but like, that's not the method that I want to use. Like, you know, stay hard, grind. That's his verbiage. That's how he looks at life. I don't think you need to. I think if you're, if you're using, you know, inspired action and drive to do something that you really love, I feel like the definition of that word even changes. It's like it hard work and grinding is like something you do when you're doing something you hate doing. It feels like. And it's like this like mm-hmm. battle against yourself that you don't really enjoy versus like, I love doing this and I'm going to have to put work in or whatever you want to mm-hmm. name, call work. If the word work has a bad meaning to you, then like call it something else, but you're going to have to do things that are going to challenge you because you're doing something you've never done and you're leveling up to a level you've never been. So you're going to have to rise above that no matter what it is. And it doesn't have to feel hard all the time, but it's really your perspective on like how you meet those challenges, that adversity, right? And if you know that it's coming and you know that the 
the purpose of what you're doing is going to bring you know that end result that you're hoping for or that fulfillment or that impact then it's worth it but i think mm-hmm. it's it's really it's it's a challenging situation when you're faced with that is this a roadblock or is this time to pivot and it's such a great question because i think a lot of people get lost in that and like even going back to surrender experiment where he talks about that how that, that's the thing he could have given up on on the third bank you know he goes yeah, to yeah. that's the thing is like that's a great that's a great point that you brought up that's a great that's a you know from the book because arguably that isn't really surrendering into it cuz you're right i mean like where's the line you know the, last the, year oh yeah. sorry go ahead no 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 that's what i mean is like like he but he kept going and he did have to sort of push through a little bit cuz he kind of yeah. he probably knew that what he like that where it was coming from and i think that's where meditation and stuff can help us hone in on a deeper meaning that this is more powerful than this resistance and i need to keep going through this because i know that this is i know that this is the thing even though there's challenges here versus like yeah. oh this isn't what i'm supposed to be doing right now so i just need to stop because there's some little bit of a roadblock you're right it's such a challenging thing to think about and i think a lot of people get stuck in that they really do i mean it's it's just a tough call when you're in that situation i was gonna say what i was bringing up was last year the podcast network that i was with folded right and when that had manifested in my life in 2020 i was like i am going to start a new podcast it's going to be the amy edwards show like i was really like feeling that literally the next day i meet the podcast network and then i sign a contract and all this and I was like, whoa, you know, it just felt like this is flowing. <laughs> yeah. And then last April, they shut down. I had kind of seen it coming. Like it, it, they'd only been in business a couple of years and they folded and it happened super abruptly. They were like, send me an email. and was like, today's your last day to record. We can't edit it. So enjoy. Like you're on your own. You own all your content. And I was like, oh, holy shit. And so that, I could have been like, oh gosh, no, what now? You know, that's, that's a roadblock. That's an obstacle. Like, what do I do? Mm. And then as over the next few months, I was recording at at a studio doing different things and figuring it out. I I recorded my home now and my home studio. And I know enough about audio from my radio background, from running sound, all that. So the audio I can get, the video is tougher for me. But then when I was having help with editing and all that and video, then I lost my radio job and I wasn't making enough on the podcast to warrant that. So I was like, uh, now I have to edit it myself. So I had to like figure that out. And I cried. I like, it was hard. But you know what? I kept it up. I kept it up every week. And I ended up flipping it around. And I realized there were a lot of things that I was just phoning in about my show and relying on someone else to care about like my intro, like my just, just, you know, little things that could be improved. And I feel like my show looks phenomenal now. Not that it can't be improved. It can. Thank you. And I just, I love what it's developing into. And it's so cool because once I get a team together, which I'm working on this year, I am going to know the ins and outs. I'm going to know how it can be better. I know how to improve it. I know all these things that I needed to learn. So, you know, you just, sometimes it's a matter of diving into that trust. And when you said, you know, this grind thing, I think when you feel like you're hitting those walls, 
can you just objectively look at how you are at that moment? Have you gotten enough sleep? Have you been drinking? You know, like, have you been eating right? Have you been exercising? Like, where's your mental state? Yeah. Because if you're feeling really stressed out in that situation, like, can you just pause, really hone into those fundamental things? Have I meditated? Have I really, truly sat and just quieted my mind and said, just show me, just show me, just show mm-hmm. me the path, just show me open opportunities. I believe in opportunities. Say some affirmations, you know, can you just tune into the basics? And then you've got a foundation to be like, okay, how do I really feel about this? How do I really feel in this situation? And that can help you gain that perspective that you need to say, am I really meeting a wall? Do I really love this? And you feel generally fresher. You feel more like your best version of yourself because you're rested or whatever it is. I'm I'm 100% of the mindset that sleep is the key to life. So if you haven't gotten a good night's sleep, don't make the decision yet. You know, uh, he may have gone to those 11 banks in the course of several days. So maybe he was getting a lot of sleep. You know, he, totally. he meditates for like two hours. So, you know, he had a pretty good foundation. Totally. And you can still get frustrated. That's not to say you won't get frustrated. But maybe, you know, if you catch yourself feeling stressed out and stuff, maybe you can hone into your just really basic practices. And once you've got those under, under, uh, I don't want to say control necessarily, but once you've got those in check, then you're able to say, okay, now how do I really feel about this? Like, Mm. am I driven by it? Am I feeling like that fire again? You know, where's that spark? And can it, can it go, uh, can you blow on it a little with your practices? And it's just ignites into a bigger flame. Mm. So there you go. That's, that's my soapbox about that. <laughs> what is your, yeah, it's great. So, okay. What is your morning routine is my next question. And the second one to that is when you are in that feeling of you're at your lowest, you feel like nothing's working. You Let's say like shit's just hit the fan. What do you do to get out of it, to get back to your, to your place of like you're in it? So yeah, let's go through that. What's your morning routine? Yeah. And then what okay. is like your you know, your thing or whatever you do to like change that state, get back into like the real you. Yeah. Well, they're very connected, really, because the moments when I'm not tuned in and doing those things are the times that I feel really stressed out and I lose myself. And I have to come back to those and just get really foundational about it. I have a pretty strong morning practice and my evening practice is okay. And my kids are home usually and stuff like that. But my morning practice is pretty strong. It's been shifting lately because I've been incorporating more exercise because I had been neglecting that piece for the last, uh, since I've been with my uh, significant other, it's fallen off because I have someone else in bed with me and things like that. So it shifts a little bit and that's okay. But I don't want anybody to be too intimidated to, please keep in mind, I've been working on this for years and building these things into basically brushing my teeth. and so. I'm an early riser. I get up. I have tea. You know what? I have it written down right here. Let me just I love read it. it to you. Yes. Let me just read it People to you. I, I like this, this full focus planner and in it, it has daily rituals, a oh, space amazing. for that. And I was like, oh, cool. I hadn't really written that down. So I used to incorporate things like really on the reg, like cold showers and breathing techniques. And I don't do those as much as anymore. I think as you do these things, if you do them really diligently, you find what really works and what really is worth your time. And then the other things maybe you do sometimes. 
So for me, I have, I'm a Reiki master as well. And so I do some Reiki in the mirror with myself and I say a modified Reiki mantra, which is uh, just for today, I'm at peace. Just for today, I will work easy. Just for today, I show appreciation and gratitude. And just for today, I'm kind to all living things, including myself. And then I have a self-love practice, which came from the book, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It by Kamal Ravikant. And I look in the mirror and I tell myself, I love you. He recommends five minutes a day. I don't always do five minutes. I just think it's valuable to look yourself in the eyes and really tell yourself, I love you and really feel it and mean it because Mm -hmm. so often we let that go. And that is foundational. I do it every day. And so I try to appreciate myself. I try not to look in the mirror and rake myself over the coals. And those have been practices that are woven into this. I, I, speak kindly to myself throughout the day and in the mirror. And that is super important. So affirmations are truths that you just maybe don't believe yet. And so I'm big on affirmations and I work them into my day. I also read a lot. I read several books at once. I keep them all going. And I also work on a 12-step practice through Al-Anon. So I have a basket downstairs and I keep my books in there. I journal a little bit. I have five journal prompts that are on my Instagram that I answer every day. I write down five things I'm grateful for. I also have started writing lines, sentences. The Amy Edwards Show will be a top 100 podcast by the end of 2020, by 2024. And so I write that repeatedly every day. So I just do some really uh, foundational work that, you know, involves writing. Uh, The books I'm reading right now are um, Your Body Keeps the Score, which is excellent. Mm -hmm. And I read like three or four pages a day, a, uh, like a, a cheat book on A Course in Miracles, The Multi-Orgasmic Couple, I'm reading that. and um, <laughs> yeah, Yes, uh, Pleasure Practice and Sexuality is a whole other episode. And um, just various other books. I read The Potato Hack, and so I just keep some that I'm cycling through. I meditate every day. I think I said I drink some tea or coffee. I do my step work for for my 12 steps. So I've been working on step four and a lot of resentments and I just notice them when they come up. If I'm like, now I get so happy about that because I'm so, if I find myself like annoyed by someone or something, I'm like, there's a resentment. Okay. So then I'm able to do some work on that. Anyway, pleasure practice. I try to do a pleasure practice maybe two to three times a week and keep that as part of my day. I also review vows that I wrote to myself when I turned 50 and uh, I have phone time on here. I try to like take stock of how much time I spent on my phone the, the day before and see where I'm at on that, you know. So that's my morning ritual. <laughs> and then also I'm working on exercise in there too. And so that just gets my head straight for the day. And my meditations aren't long. They're like 12 minutes. I listen to like Insight Timer or the sound of a babbling brook and like a gong sound. Sometimes I do it with Justin. I have a hop a practice that I do, which is a sacred snuff that you blow up your nose. And so those are, those are practices. What do you think? Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So mm-hmm. which Thanks. one of those, which ones do you use when you're in a shit storm? Uh, not even one that's on there. I use sleep. I use sleep. I have to rest and um, I have mm-hmm. to tune into like, am I eating? Cause like if I'm, if I'm tired, then the practices fall by the wayside. I don't even like shower, you know, like I'll notice that I'm like not even like showered, you know, so I'll shower and clean up and make sure I'm getting rest, try to discipline myself into not just going to Starbucks, but actually 
putting things in my body that serve me, right. which is, you know, a thing, right? Like it's, it's easy to just drink Starbucks and, uh, totally. you know, and yeah. And so I have to get a little bit of discipline around my routine and then I'm coming back to myself and just those, those really fundamental practices. Cause like this happened, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Oh, I know. It was when I was trying to work out more in the mornings and I realized that I had gone a week without meditating and I was kind of a bitch and I, everything was getting to me. Life was singing, seeming overwhelming. And I was like, oh, I haven't meditated. Mm. And so these really just fundamental things, as long as you're, as you're tuned into those and how you're, am I really spending the time on my own self-love and my own practices? And a lot of times when you're feeling that stressed out and feeling that way, the answer is no. And so it's just, it's just tuning back into that, at least for me, I've noticed. So, and I'm just going to take a wild guess and say that lots of times for other people too. Yeah. Sleep instead of, and even water instead of just drinking more coffee. Yes. Yeah. Imagine that, like hydration and sleep. It's these super basic things that we try to avoid when we're feeling bad. We're like, no, I need to have alcohol, you know, and they're so fundamental. Have you gotten sunshine and been in nature? Are you sleeping and prioritizing sleep? And are you hydrated? Like, I mean, and, and so many times I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, hold up on my couch. I'm dirty. <laughs> I'm like, my hair's gross and I'm drinking Starbucks, you know? So it's like, okay, get, get over, just get, get back to the basics. And that, that's another part of this. Is like, we have all this within us right here at our fingertips. And so many times we won't do it. Instead, we're searching for like, oh, I better go find a cold plunge or I'm, you know, going to study how Lewis Howes does his podcast or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I stopped caring about that shit. Yeah. Right. Screw that guy. I'm going to pass him anyway. That's what I say. I'm like, I get my competitive hockey. I'm like, I'm going to pass him. Just give me, give me another six years. That's what you you got to think like though, right? You got to think like that though. Like you're like, I love that you do that. I love that you're like, I'm going to be this. That's the way it is. You just got to chip away, chip away, do the day, do the thing, keep going. You'll get there, honestly. And I love that. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's so important. I mean, like when Joe Rogan moved to Austin, I know people were like, oh, you know, because he moved during the pandemic and um, yeah. he, people were like, oh, you know, you're, you're starting a new podcast. You need to meet Joe Rogan. I was like, yeah, I'm sure I'm just going to bump right into Joe Rogan. And then, you know, like by December, I met him. I was like, oh. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, so you know what? How cool is that? I'm just going to throw this in. I'm going to throw this in about manifesting right here. Like, say things sarcastically sometimes. Like, I said that sarcastically. I'm sure I'm just going to bump right into him and meet him. And then I did. And I was like, you know what? I did say that sarcastically. So, I mean, who cares? Like, say things sarcastically. Yeah, I'm sure I'm just going to blow right past Lewis' house. Like, you know what? Keep saying yeah. it. E- whether you, like, say it sincerely or sarcastically, just say it. And, like, who knows? You might just be putting that out there in the universe. You got to get on a show. You you got to go with Justin on a show. That'd be amazing. Oh, well, I like your- that. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are starting a women's initiative under Fight for the Forgotten. And it's slowly developing. It. It's called Fight for Her. So, oh, amazing. Who knows? Who knows? That's happening. That's it. We yeah, put it out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, I love that. It's so true because it's like those comments sometimes are the ones that actually, the, the sarcastic ones are usually the ones that actually stick 
and we have to be careful too about the the ones that we say nonchalantly that are like talking bad about ourselves too. I feel yeah. like that can also be sneaky too. It's like we're calling in these things, so you may as well just say things that you want to happen. <laughs> and not only that, believe the people that are saying it to you. You know, people yeah. that are listening to you and coming to you and saying, you're so good. You should pass up Lewis House. You're going to. And they sincerely see that in you. So just believe them. Just, just believe them. You know, that person who said, oh, mm. you should be Joe Roga. They sincerely meant that. Like, oh, you should. That would be a good fit for you. you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right. And you know what? And, you know, like, you know, your podcast goals, you may be like, yeah, right. But you know what? What if we just believed them and we're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I received that. And I'm going to just choose to believe that, you know, like what does, does the other way work? I mean, let's be real. Totally. The other way feels like shit. So who cares? Like, let's just leave that in the fucking dust. Yeah. Because really, like, it feels so much better to believe the good stuff. It just totally. feels so much better. And like, and like, just to let those things go and trust. And that's the mode I'm in. And when I said I wrote vows for myself, I did. I say, I, I repeat them in my head all the time. And the foundation of those vows is that I'm just over feeling bad. I'm over questioning. I'm over doubting. I just don't want to do it anymore. I did it. It doesn't feel good. It's not that fun. So I'm like, okay, like, let's try something new. <laughs> Like, how far has that doubting gotten you? Like, let's just ask, you know, anybody listening. Like, for me, not very far. Like, I had to overcome a lot of shit and shed some tears and all that. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm. I want to, I want to like explore the other side. Yeah. I was curious. I know we're going a little bit over time, but I'd love to keep I don't going. care. Because I don't have a hard stop. I love it. Um, so I'm curious about, the challenge is maybe some of the stuff, even like getting into a new relationship, you know, now that you've kind of, you know, with Justin and you guys are both doing, you know, your own healing journeys, your spiritual practices, how has this been different and how has this been different for you and that process with working together than it was when you in your last relationships? Like, I'm curious because I know, you know, Justin's been through a ton you know, with addiction over the years and, you know, with you being sober, like, what does that look like? You know, like, how yeah. has that been? Like, what kind of, what kind of things have you learned along the way? A massive journey of self-discovery. I mean, massive. When my last marriage broke up in 2018, I realized that I was going to start dating again. And I hadn't dated in 24 years or something crazy like since I was 23 and I was like 47 and I was like or 46 whatever I was and I was like holy shit I gotta learn to date and I didn't know what I was doing and one of my friends was like you need to date 10 people she's like 32 you know she was like you need to date 10 people and then you can get in a relationship maybe and I was like 10 people you know, and I learned that I had to, that was part of the self-love thing. Like I learned that I had to enjoy myself, love myself, have the best sex with myself, the whole thing of just coming back to me. Because paradoxically, that's how a relationship comes to you, right? Which is so annoying to hear if you're not in a relationship, but it's true. And so do the work on yourself. Be the person that, that is the best version of you. I, 
ended up, as I was dating and learning about myself, I ended up writing a list of the qualities in a partner that I wanted. I wrote a long list that was evolving on my phone, Notes app. And when I read it back, I was like, this person is with a badass. Like this, this dude, because I wanted a man. I was dating men and women at the time, but I was like, I want a man. And so I was reading it back and I was like, God, he's with somebody really fucking awesome. So I started a new list underneath that. Who's he with? And then I listed off who that guy's with. And so I just worked on becoming that person. And the more I worked on becoming that person, the more that the dating relationships that I was having just started to fall away. I was like, I can just tell that this isn't for me. And things that I was attached to because of my own worthiness issues, because of my own self-esteem, they just naturally started to fall away the more I did the work on myself. And if you find yourself saying, using your voice and saying like, I hate dating, well, okay. Then like, you're going to manifest what you talk about. Dating sucks. Like, okay, dating's going to suck for you. Like, or can you say like, no, I'm enjoying meeting new people. Can you just shift it? Like, how can you shift that perspective? And I had to learn that the hard way. But I started to reject talking shit about dating. I started to just really like, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to do it. So if I'm going to do it, like enjoy the process. And so I did. I just enjoyed the process. And things will dissolve and fall away as they need to. And that's okay. And you just learn too that not to hold on too tight. It's this process of constantly letting go. So anyway, met Justin. He's like totally my list. I, I mean, like my list had stud. crazy shit. Yeah, it's my stud. list had crazy stuff on it. Like he should be like, famous some, in some way, like a sports figure or a speaker. Uh, it should have an interesting name because he goes by the big pygmy. And I was like, what? Like, anyway, he just, <laughs> yeah. And so. Baddest badass you know, around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, should be tall, six three, six four, six five. I mean, like, you know, just all these things. Younger than me, I wanted someone younger. And so anyway, it that though has been a real process of coming back to myself and that's what i've learned through our relationship because he struggled with addiction and has gone through treatment since we've been together and i realized when he went to treatment the first time that i had really lost myself and so it was this good i see him creeping up the stairs right now it was this good process of coming back to myself and realizing that no matter what happens i'm going to be okay and that i can allow that and trust that I'm going to be okay. And no matter what happens, it's just this diving into this, this truth of myself that I'm going to be okay. And it, it is a product of age and experience, but it takes work. It's a practice just like anything else. And your relationship can teach you those things if you allow it. And the more I trust and do the work on myself, the better our relationship gets. And mm. you become a better person. You become more of that person on your list. And you're just like, oh, I guess this is how it works. Working on the relationship is working on yourself. And really striving to be that person that is the best version of yourself. Because the best version of yourself is kind, is understanding, is listening, is compassionate, is a friend. You know, so, so many times, again, our own expectations get in the way. And I'm, I've done that too, you know. And I mean, I think I did it yesterday or today you know? right. and I had to just like regroup and come back to myself with him, with myself. And, 
and and that process of letting go, which we mentioned Michael Singer, and that's just what he talks about, just like letting go, just holding on, letting go, letting go, letting go. And it's a, it's a tough practice, but again, it keeps you present, keeps you in the moment, and it makes you trust life in a whole different way. Yeah. How important was it for you to do this sober journey to support him? Like, was that part of the reason too? Like, cause I have it's found- It's not to support him. It was not to support him, actually. It was because I wasn't doing it. And then he was fully sober mm-hmm. because we had a year, our first year together where it was like, oh, psychedelics can heal, heal addiction. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. If you're a real addict, psychedelics can be another escape. And totally. for me, I had, yeah, I had done um, um, enough ceremonies and plant medicines where I thought, okay, I could dive into some integration and take a break from that. But I wasn't quitting drinking. And I was like, why? And I was like, I have this partner who's totally not drinking, totally sober. I'm not really enjoying it that much. I am curious to see what my life would be like without it. And then I interviewed a sober coach who has a book coming out this year. Her name is Amanda Kuda. She has a book coming out called Unbottled Potential. And she talks about how you don't have to have a problem with alcohol for alcohol to be a problem in your life. And so I thought, well, you know what? Why don't I just try it? Why am I resistant to this? And it was really because it pushes me into a outside of my comfort zone. Like it's comfortable to go out with friends and have a drink. It's not as comfortable to have that moment of, oh, I'll have a mocktail, you know. And but it it's fleeting. It passes. And so I thought, what can this do for me? And I recently had a dominatrix on my show, Kimmy Inch, and she told me that my kink is is um, doing things that scare me and doing things outside my comfort zone. And I think she might be right because this is outside my comfort zone. So I thought, how can I grow? And so I didn't really do it for him. He, his situation actually benefits me. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm already in a situation conducive to this. Can I lean into it? And so I did. So I just celebrated nine months sober and I'll have a year in April. And I don't know that I'll never use alcohol again, but I am curious about how it can elevate my intuition. And it already has like a ton because that can just, it can just block you health-wise, mentally. And I just got really curious. To me, it's kind of an experiment, like a lot of things in my life, like a lot of these practices that I do. Treat them as experiments. Say, what will this, what will this feel like? What, how will this enhance my life? Let me just try it and see what happens. And that's, that's my outlook on it right now. Not a huge, like, lifelong thing. It's just like, okay, today I don't need it. And what if I make it a year? What could happen in my life? And so that's, that's been my perspective of it. But having a partner that's sober is just, is just a benefit in that regard. And, and really, I just wanted to see, I just figure what is the goal here in life. It's just mm-hmm. to be able to be happy as ourselves. Everybody wants to be happy. Totally. And I'm like, why? what if I just try? <laughs> what if I just try? So I had my first sober birthday at 50 in I don't know how long. Wow. Like, I know. Yeah. I wasn't even pregnant over my birthdays in the, in like when I had my kids. So I mean, like I, I did since I don't even know, teenage years. And so that's a trip, right? So I thought, you know, what if it's the yeah. same? It's like the old ways. I don't know. You tried it. Yeah. Like now what? Like what if I try something different? What if life presented me with an opportunity to dive into sobriety wholeheartedly? So I thought, 
And that's, that's part of that flow thing. That's part of that resistance and flow, like where we can maybe not even tune into the flow that's presenting in our lives. And I had a moment where I was like, this is literally in flow for me. I not only have teenage daughters that I'm modeling this to, but I have a partner that I live with who is sober. So in flow for me would be sobriety and, yeah. and finding out what that holds and even talking to a sober coach. And so a part of me could be like, like thinking that flow is going out with my friends and having a drink, but not really. Really, my life was presenting me with a flow of like, hey, look at this that you can have. What, what happens if you say yes to it? And I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. This is way outside my comfort zone, but okay. And so now I'm feeling really good. I bounce back better than ever. My sleep, I've always been a sleep freak anyway and slept really well, but my sleep is next level. I mean, I drop off at night like that and I can get up early and feel pretty good. And so, I mean, there's a lot of benefits and my skin's looking good. I'm easy, more easily hydrated. I'm still using caffeine, but yeah. So that's been, it's been really interesting. And I've been able to integrate all my plant medicines, give them a lot of time to really gain perspective. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Lance? Oh, that was amazing. Uh, I can really resonate <laughs> with the alcohol thing. And I think the reason I asked is that for me now, with a relationship too, also like I couldn't date somebody because I want to be sober too, right? I, I've fallen off many times, but for me, that's like a partner for me has to be sober because that's just one of those things now. And yeah. I, when I was sober or when I was drinking, it's, it's such a toxic loop, you know? And I guess you have to ask yourself like, yeah, like, where do you want to be? Like, does that person align with the person I want to be? Does this person drink regularly? Like, it's easy to get like old identities mixed with like the identity you want to create. And yeah. I think it's, it's, it's so cool though, to be, you know, to, to have two sober people in a relationship. It's like, it's hard having one that's not, I find, you know, like, but it is. you can make it work great, but it's like, it's tough. It's tough. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, that's why I was curious because I know everybody has their issues with alcohol and I found so many people can justify it with whatever excuse. And it's like, if you're thriving in life, great. But if you're noticing that these things are like falling apart in your relationships or like you feel like shit, like it may be time to pull the brakes a little bit. Right. And I think it's yeah. a real, it's, it's, it's kind of just having self-awareness. It's kind of being like, well, how does this make me feel? You know? Yeah. And um, it's really a personal choice as far as like how it affects you. It's yeah. some people. I, I had to get, yeah, I had to get really honest with myself yeah. too, like about it because I mean, yeah, I was drinking less, but I have been a problem drinker my whole drinking career. I am blackout, like get shit-faced, blackout drunk. And I listened to Huberman's podcast on alcohol and he talks about different types of people and how they react. And like some people like get energy and can go all night and some people just fall asleep. I'm the get energy all night. And not only that, all my friends are. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I mean, like we gravitate toward each other. I talked to them about it afterward. I was like, oh my God, listen to this. Here's what we are. And, and you know, 
I, I had to get honest with myself and I had to face some hard truths, one of which was, I think in my second marriage, part of what attracted me to that relationship was that he was a bigger drinker than me. And so oh, I could feel superior. I could feel like I wasn't doing as, you know, much. And ugh, and that was like a hard thing to face. Like, oh, I was trying to trying to make myself feel better about it. And so um, now, you know, it's it's been interesting to look at it with perspective. And uh, and again, like, I don't know what the future holds, but I at least was able to get more honest with myself. I don't know. Maybe there's other things I need to get honest about with it. But yeah, I love it. Yeah, thanks. I love it. Well, it's a it's a it's a road. It's a thing, you know. Like, and and it's trending right now. I I kind of laugh because I'm like, is, is, am I in the matrix? Am I creating this? Because why is it like everywhere is trending? Like everybody's being sober, and I'm like, you know, like am yeah. I just being trendy, or am I, or am I creating my own universe and world, or you know, or is this yeah, really what's happening? I don't know. So anyway, whatever it is, I like it and I welcome it, and I think that it can serve us all to be the more empowered and and rising version of ourselves. Mm, love it. So important. To wrap it up. Yeah. I would yeah. love to talk about what are some steps to create an ageless mindset that we can walk away with. And then I know you have Wait. a free mini course. <laughs> you have a free mini yeah. course for the lovely listeners after hearing your amazing story and all your amazing value. Uh, walk us Thank through that you. and where everybody can find you and get the good stuff. Okay. Well, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. And I'm just, it made me blush a little. I'm excited to have been on your show and had this conversation with you. Thank you. It means so much to me because you have this litany of amazing people that you have talked to and had on your show. So I am glad to be in those ranks. And um, yeah, Ageless Mindset. So that is my free course that I've created. And it goes along with my bigger course, which is called the Youthfulness Hack. And so Ageless Mindset is one piece of that Youthfulness Hack. And the thing about it is, just like what everything we were talking about, it's like we already have it all within ourselves. It's pretty fundamental things that we can tap into. And I am just guiding people and saying, here it all is. You already have all these things that you can build upon. You already have it in you. Sleep. I mean, like even things we were talking about. My ageless mindset dives into even things that we were talking about here, like the nature of comparison and how we're going to shift our perspective so it serves us. Like I was talking about looking back on ourselves, you know, 10 years ago and like imagining ourselves 10 years from now and thinking how hot and young we were, right? Like those little mindset shifts are things that we can use to put in perspective where we are and feel really good about ourselves right now rather than like, these things you might be voicing like, oh, my best days are behind me. No, they're not. Some of your best days haven't even happened yet. So once we can tap into that and really, truly know that that is true, because it is true. Come on, everybody, right? Some of our best days haven't even happened yet. So like no matter what, believe that. And the ageless mindset is just the most fundamental thing that we can do and build. It doesn't even take much time. It takes like no time to tap into these shifts that we can make and build habits around that. And it even has a freebie meditation that is an affirmation meditation that you can do anywhere. You can do it in your car. You can do it with your eyes open. You don't have to like, like zen out or anything like that. 
So it comes with a free meditation that you can download. It's like 10 minutes. And I actually listened to it yesterday. And I was like, holy shit, my voice sounds great. This is awesome. Like, That's I love awesome. it. And I was like, I know. So I, I, I'll send it to you, Lance. And For sure. It's so nice because it's just like a quickie, like affirmations that you can repeat to yourself or out loud and really hone in. And there's also a freebie download that's like a little checklist of things that you can do to foster that ageless mindset. So that's the free course. And then my bigger course, the Youthfulness Hack, which is going to be nine tenets to embrace a more youthful you and create that new radiant you that is there. Absolutely. So it doesn't even take an investment that's big. It's cheaper than getting Botox. It, I'm doing a pre-sale right now until February 16th. That is $247. And then it goes up to $297. And it's an investment in yourself that pays off for the rest of your life. 100%. And I'm living proof. I do every single thing in it. So anyway, if you got curious during this conversation about the things I do, they're all in there and including pleasure practice. There's a whole chapter on that. <laughs> so, you know, sexuality is such a big piece of who we are. And so don't neglect it. And it's right there, literally at your fingertips. And so anyway, that, thank you for the opportunity to talk about that. And I will send you links to those. They're also in my link in bio, which is amyedwards.info. Literally everything's there. My podcast, my courses, my YouTube, like everything that we've talked about. So you can just go there and check it all out. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Instagram at Real Amy Edwards. You can mm -hmm. on TikTok, probably the same. No, actually, my TikTok is the Magic Babe. Magic so Babe. So my TikTok's okay. a little different. It's just all okay. sorts of like affirmations all, and stuff like that. It's all in your. It's all, it's all in your link in bio. I went and looked at it. It is just so that everybody yeah. can click on it. And yeah, AmyEdwards.info. That's and it. And the Amy mm -hmm. Edwards Show. Yep. You got to check it out. That's everybody. my life's work. That's my purpose. Make sure go to go listen there. to Lance's because you get to talk a lot on that. And it's so, so, so good. When I listened back, I was like, Justin, you got to listen to this. It's so good. Aww. And Justin listened to it and he was like, oh my God, it's so good. Like it helped him. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, like what you're doing is so great, Lance, and you're walking the walk too. And so I'm proud to call you a friend and a guest. And so thank you for all you shared on that show. Everybody go check it out. I don't, I don't know when this is coming out, but I've got some epic episodes just all scheduled throughout the spring. Allison Charles is coming on. I just had Kimmy Inch, who's up-leveling our lives through kink. And so, anyway, it's great. A lot of learning. I love your show, and you're very great at what you do. Very thoughtful questions. Thank and you. I know that I have a lot of female listeners that listen to this, so I know that they're going to go over there. And make sure you go subscribe, leave her a review. You guys are Oh, my important. God, yes, please, it's please. Amy's awesome. She's been in the biz for a while. So go check her out. Go support her show and go check out what she's got going on. And thank Thanks, you for Lance. the kind words. Thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was great having you on. I know we went longer than we thought, but I, you know, that's why I, I feel like we could just. Keep I'm glad. Going. I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 I can't do, I don't like short. I like long, you know? So um, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for sharing all that. And I really, really appreciate it. Super inspiring what you do and uh, yeah, keep it up. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you so much. Thanks everybody.